0: Today's episode of the Triathlon Hour is brought to you by Pillar Performance. If you're someone who gets colds or sick a lot, then something I've started doing for that daily is taking Pillar's Ultra Immune C. I just hate being sick, particularly when it's interrupting my training and social life. Ultra Immune C contains high dosage vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc. Basically, the three key things it does is support immune system health, enhance immune system function, and act as an antioxidant. Damo, the owner of Pillar, was actually the person who suggested I started taking it Uh, and I'm yet to be sick since I have started that. I think personally using Pillar's triple magnesium at night so my sleep is great because I'm a terrible sleeper historically, combined with Ultra Immune C is the key. Remember, if you want to grab yourself some Pillar to use the discount code HTT20 for 20% off your order uh, and you can find it at the Pillar website in Australia and Europe and exclusively through the feed in the USA. For those of you who don't know, Joe Skipper is one of the show's all-time best friends. So it's good to have Joe on here again finally after what feels like about 12 months without talking to him, um, especially given that Joe's four days out from the most stacked Challenge Roth uh, probably in the race's history. Joe, how are you feeling for it, mate? And it's great to have you on.
1: Yeah, good to be back, Jack. Um feel pretty decent, um, but training's been going really well. Um, I, I feel good. Um, not had any injury problems, which... Um, it seems like in today's day and age is uh, a big thing among some of the pros, getting to the start line healthy. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm getting to the start line fit, healthy, and uh, in good form. So uh, ready to go and uh, looking forward to seeing what I can do on, on the weekend.
0: So tell me, Joe, you um you came fifth at Kona last year, had what I believe to be your best year ever, and then you've had a bit of a stinker to start the year. What's been going on?
1: Um, Well, Texas um, just ended up going the wrong way. So that kind of wrote that off, like added like 10 or 11 kilometers onto the course. And I had a big race two weeks after that. So I was like, there would have been no point, you know, when I got into transition, I was 17, 18 minutes down. And there were quite a few people in front that there would have been no point really carrying on because probably the best I would have got, even if I'd have run really, really well, would have been fifth or sixth place, but that would have been a really big effort. And it would have certainly wrote, um, the like world long distance champs off um and then obviously went into the world long distance champs and just had a really bad day to be honest like um fell over at the start of the swim which kind of put me on the back foot getting into the water um because I was just behind everyone um didn't make the pack that I think I would have been in like quite a few people that I swam with in texas were in that group so I think I should I would have been in there um and then the bike all right. Like I was pretty decent to be fair. But, um, but because I was pretty much like behind the group didn't I kind of rode the same as the big group in front. Um, so had I been in the swim, I would have got off on in the mix, but then on the run I just didn't really have anything like felt absolutely terrible. To be honest, I don't even know if I would but who knows, might've been ill or something. I don't know. Like if it was, it might've been some. like, I didn't feel like I was coughing or anything, but like my heart rate was so high for the pace. I mean, I did a session the other day where I did four or five Ks and uh, we had a K float in between where we were well, K easy in between. And the pace of the five Ks was like six. The average pace was about 1640, Um And my heart rate was lower doing that than what it was running 404 K pace in the ITU World Long Distance Champs. So pretty clear that something wasn't right in that. And I just felt absolutely awful on the run. Just had Nothing really in the tank. Like couldn't pick it up. G a yeah, just an absolutely dreadful day on the run.
0: And has everything else in the in the build to Roth gone, gone sweetly? Like I know you said that you you're not injured, and that sounds like a really great session. How, how's everything else gone?
1: Uh, really good, to be honest. Like I haven't really, I haven't, I can't think of a time when I haven't been able to complete a session or hit the target paces that I've wanted to do um, at all. Like if I think think to it you know every time i've had a decent like a session to do i've hit the paces that i've wanted to um yeah like all the sessions that i wanted to complete i've done um and hit all the target paces so i would say it's gone really well i've like hit so i've done similar sessions to what i've done in the past and like i'd say like i've been getting like session pbs like the heart rate and the effort has either felt lower for the power or like the power and speeds have been have been better. Um so it's it on paper like it seems really good you know it's just putting it together on the day i guess
0: how do you feel like four days out from roth this week versus say four days out from kona last year
1: probably better to be honest like i never really feel that good in kona i just feel like i'm getting fucking fried every day uh <laughs> so uh i would say like kona i never feel i never feel good uh really so definitely better like now than what I do there.
0: Was that 5K session the best session you did in the lead up to Roth? Or what was what do you see as the best session you've done in the lead up?
1: Cool. Um, dunno, really. Like, um, I mean, it was like solid. It was just the paces that we were trying to hold. Like it wasn't like I mean, there's just been loads of good sessions like that. Uh, week in, week out. You know, like not like killing yourself in any one session. But I mean, like the weeks before that I did two by ten K to start off with um a 16k one i did that one the four by 5k um i've done some really good efforts on the bike like power wise for like longer efforts as well and they've gone really well like yeah i i wouldn't say i've really had one in particular session that's been like you know uh where you've absolutely killed it but it's just been consistently hitting really good ones i mean like on for like put, stacking together good sessions like friday this week i did an effort a session where i did the six two minute efforts on the bike uh i mean we did a hard swim in the morning and then the, because i was kind of like sharpening up a bit i haven't been doing as much volume so on the bike in the afternoon did six by two minutes was on the tt bike at 440 watts with minute recovery and then we went straight into a 20 minute effort and that averaged 370 something but the last two minutes of last minute and 45 of that was at 500 watts up a hill um then obviously that was all on the tt bars apart from like the last minute voice so that was really good and then 30 minute run off the bike then saturday we did a track session where we did like a k kind of like steady-ish on the track i say steady not steady pace but like a steady effort like that was 307 then we did 3.4k at 258k pace four 200s um averaging 32s and then a k at the end 249 so that was pretty solid um and then on the sunday three hour ride, um, last 40 minutes was it like 330 watts, but that felt pretty comfortable. And then a 30 minute tempo run off the bike, probably average like 333 pace for that on the trails, which was like, they're all all right sessions, then nothing is gonna blow you, blow it away. But it was consistent, you know, that was just a three day period. And I've just done loads of good days and sessions like that where you've hit decent, you know, where you've been able to do it back to back, you know, not like killing yourself in any one session, but then being wiped afterwards and having three days of crap training has just been really consistent, you know. Then I feel pretty good this this week. Um, like I feel pretty rested now. Like if the race was in two days' time, I'll think I'd be ready to go. So um, another four, another two or three days extra on top of that should be pretty good. So um, yeah, I can't really think of any one particular session, but just lots of good sessions. When I think back to what I've done in the past, you know, what I mean that's compared to my own previous experience going into race. I don't know what anyone, what kind of times or powers anyone else hits. And it's, it's all individual, isn't it? Because I mean, the powers that I hit are, are relevant to me, but I could have a power meter that overage 20 watts or underage 20 watts, you know, and uh, the powers would be completely different compared to someone else.
0: And like I said in the intro, Joe, it's probably the most stacked field in Challenge Roth his- history, which is saying a lot because it's, you know, outside of Kona, the biggest long-course race to, to ever exist. We've got Magnus Ditliv and Sam Laidlaw and Patrick Langer and Daniel Backergaard and yourself, and then we got Rob Wilk who beat you at Texas. It's just a massive field, Clement Mignon. How are you, how are you feeling about that field? Does it intimidate you with, with all of those big names there, or does it make you want to race more and make you more excited?
1: Uh, I mean, I- I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, it doesn't really intimidate me. Like I've raced in Kona and everyone's there, you know, nearly everyone's there in Roth, but not everyone, you know. Um, so when you've raced everyone multiple times before at World Champs, I wouldn't say it's intimidating. I mean, normally my best results come when I'm racing the best people. Like I I think I think I actually do worse when people actually say that I'm expected to do a good result. You know, I actually think I my best results come when I'm probably more of like an underdog and um, I'm looking forward to it I just the only thing that I worry about is whether or not the motorbikes will interfere the race and motor pace people off the front which is out of my control really I can't control that you know we can spring it up in the pro meeting like we always do <laughs> and we can mention it but ultimately on the race day I can't control that and to me that's the only thing that kind of I would say I worry about is having something like that interfere the race because I know personally. If you've got the motorbikes in front of you, it's 50 to 60 Watts and it's a game ending. You know, anyone who's not in that is out of the race. So I just hope it's a fair race and the best people will win on the day. And I hope I feel good and can give it my all really, you know, that's all I can do. And, uh, I just hope that other factors, like I said, the motorbikes don't interfere with the race and, uh, have a, have a negative impact on it and motor pace people off the front, because I think that's bullshit and just ruins good races. Well Felix
0: who's the boss of Challenge Roth he's he's the director the guy who runs it he's come out and made a big deal about how he's implemented these new fairness rules so that the motorbikes won't interfere with the race and then he sort of doubled down on that following the the accident or the the crash at Hamburg and and made a big deal that hey we have these new fairness and safety rules with the motorbikes so he sort of as the director of the race, giving his guarantee that that won't happen. Do you do you believe that? Do you think it won't happen or are you expecting it to happen despite Felix coming out and making such a big deal about that happening at Roth?
1: Uh, I'll just say I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I've been bringing this up for nearly a decade now, like since 2015, 2016. I'm always saying it at the and like, And... I get that you get the confirmation from people saying it won't be a factor this year don't worry don't worry and then you get into the race and when you get to a turnaround you see three motorbikes and one motorbike a meter in front of someone you're like here we go again yeah. that's the podium gone <laughs> you know it's, that happened in Kona us yeah I, I was riding near Patrick Langham we saw the, the motorbikes on the way back there was like nine motorbikes with the front group and I said we said to each other well that's the podium gone <laughs> you know and I think that's bullshit you know like you're in these big races, and you you know you can't get a result when the moment you see them come the opposite way because of all the motorbikes around them. It's like, surely we want to see the best people win, not like the luckiest person that gets the group of motorbikes pacing them along. And um, I, I'm I'm I hope what he says is right, but I don't know how experienced are the motorbikes in the motorbike riders. Are they just normal people and they've said, oh, don't get too close, and they don't really understand what too close is like. I mean, there's no courses that people have to do, is there? To be able to ride a motorbike is just who the race organizers gets, you know, like we have no idea what their experience is, how much they're briefed or anything. They're never in the meetings with the pro athletes. So, you know, they'd never hear what we say. It's just what's relayed to them, to the event organizers. I mean, I know there's going to be less motorbikes, but even if there's a lot less motorbikes, that doesn't really matter if two motorbikes are five meters or 10 meters in front of the person in front you know or even 50, 20 meters in front you know it only takes one bar bike to be 20 meters in front and they're getting 15 20 watts which at the level we're racing you know that's the equivalent of you riding 290 300 watts and it actually being the equivalent of 310 315 you know and that's 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 huge that's absolutely massive
0: and you talked about kona where you and patrick lang were riding together and saw the, the boys out in the front and that's that's sort of Ironic in a way because you and Patrick Lang are two of the favorites for this race and probably the two other big favorites are Magnus Ditliv and Sam Laidlow who were in that front group that you and Patrick saw go by at, at Kona and, and saw the motorbikes helping out. How do you see the dynamic of, of Roth playing out in four days time on the weekend?
1: I think there's going to be some fast swimmers um, that go off the front like Ben Canute, Daniel Beckard, Sam Laidlow, um, the Polish guy that you said robert um i think he's a decent swimmer he'd hope to be there um it might be one or two others so maybe say five six people that go hard uh i think magnus will miss it because i don't think he'll swim with them um and then hopefully i can be in a group where he's in uh, a decent chase group and then I think it will be interesting to see what happens depending on the motorbikes. If the front group has the motorbikes, we will never see them again. Um, and that will be that if there is a fair race, then I think, uh, definitely a decent amount of the front group will probably come back to us. They'll probably be maybe depend on how well Sam Laidlow's riding. He might be off the front, starting the run. I would probably expect him to start the run first, um, And then on the run, hopefully, I'm in contention and I think I can have a decent run. And uh, if I'm, yeah, like I say, in contention, I think I could run through and take the win.
0: When you're standing on that swim start line and you see that, okay, well, there's going to be this group of strong swimmers, Daniel Backguard, Sam Lalo, Ben Canute, who I don't believe I can swim with even on my best day. But there's Magnus Ditliv, who I know is arguably the best cyclist in the sport. And I probably can swim next to him or on his feet if I have my best swim day. Do you go and stand next to him and just make it your goal to stay on his feet so that you can work with him on the bike?
1: No, because the swims are just so chaotic. Like, uh I find that you just want to you get in a position where you think's good, get a good start and then you just find what happens with the groups because everyone comes together in the swims, there's hitting of arms, you know, there's it, there's all it's just a mess and you just have to see where you end, you know, where you end up and hopefully you get a good start and you end up in the best group you can find. But i think like trying to target standing next to certain people if someone kind of hits you or swims over you when you lose that person then it didn't really make any difference anyway and you might have put yourself at a disadvantage being next to that person because they might not have picked the best position anyway and um, so i would just look to pick the best position for me hope to get a good start and end up in a good group
0: and if you do find yourself with magnus on the bike are you going to make the decision or or have you in advance made the decision that I'm going to go with him no matter how many surges he puts in, no matter how hard he rides, or are you going to ride your own race and let him go if you have to?
1: No, I'll try and go with him and uh, because I'm pretty confident that in an Ironman, even if I'm pretty fucked, getting off the bike, like I've normally in an Ironman, I really push the bike quite hard. Um, And even in like Wales, I did lots of surges, over 400 watts. I mean, um, if you take... If you take the 20 minutes what I did in Roth, where I lot—I mean, not sorry in Roth in Wales off of my bike time, it would have broken Camworth's record. And then I ran a 2:37 on a 43-kilometer run course with 600 meters of climbing. So I know I can run well off a hard bike. I just need to be in the mix because it doesn't matter if you run a t- if you run a good run, but you're 10 minutes behind, 15 minutes behind, does it? You know, with people. So I would look to push the bike hard get off the bike as far up there as I can ideally try and stay with um, Magnus and I think if I'm with him starting the run I would be pretty confident in my run ability to beat him over the full distance hopefully I'll be close enough to the others and do you
0: want to come off the bike with a with a gap to Patrick Lang given how he's been running in his last few Ironman and, and and full distance races or are you confident that if you come on the off the bike with Patrick Lang that you can outrun him
1: uh, I wouldn't say I'd be confident that I could outrun him. You know, I like to look at statistics and uh, work out in my head and be honest with myself on who I would be very confident in outrunning. If I'm very confident in outrunning, like a 99%, 95% chance in my head, this is me in my head, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, I'll happily come off the bike and run with them. If I'm not 90 95% confident that I can outrun them, then of course there's no way I want to run with the uh, run with them because... I want to try and win the race, and I think that I don't want to put things into a 50-50. You know, I think it's a 50-50 of whether or not I could outrun Patrick, but to me, that's not good enough. You know, I want to be very, very confident that I can outrun that person, and I wouldn't be very, very confident that I could outrun Patrick Lang in Roth in a head-to-head. So I wouldn't want that to to happen. I wouldn't want to uh, start with him. I don't think I can't outrun him if we're in a head-to-head, but I wouldn't bet my money that I could do it every day of the week, which is what I would want to be confident enough to do.
0: And so we've we've mentioned all these names, Magnus and Sam Laidlow and, and Patrick Lang. And, you know, we've talked about the other boys, Ben Canute and Clement Mignon and, and Rob. Who are you most worried about?
1: Not really worried about anyone in particular. Um, I think it's quite an open race. I think there's lots of guys that would be up there and... and potentially win it. Um I'm just looking to to do my own best performance to be honest and like I'll weigh up what I need to do depending on how the race pans out, you know, but I wouldn't say there's any one particular person. Like like you said, it's a very strong field and I think there's quite a few people that could win it. Um and there's not I wouldn't say there's one standout person, you know, in there. Like I mean, I think everyone who's in the field I've beaten before and they've beaten me before, you know. So like and if you look around how how they would all compare to each other, I think everyone's kind of beaten each other on their best days so it's hard to pick like one person there's just so many people that could win it you know I, I really wouldn't like to pick one person
0: and one of my favorite question answers that I've ever had on this podcast was with you uh, a few days out from Kona last year where I said what what will be a disappointment for you and you said if I if I don't like come on the if I'm not on the podium I'll be I'll be disappointed it's a it's a failure for me And you end up coming fifth place and then I asked you, I gave you a bit of time and I asked you after the facts, like, cause I saw it as a really impressive performance, like maybe your best ever. I said, w- were you actually disappointed with that? And you're like, yeah, I fucking was. What will you be disappointed with on the weekend at Roth?
1: Um, If I don't hit the powers and the speeds that I have shown that I think I'm capable of in my training, you know, um, I think the thing is, in Corona, I was very disappointed that I didn't get on the podium, but then when you had nine motorbikes for the front group, it was impossible. I mean, you could see the gaps that they had on the bike. So, regardless, even if I had uh, your best day, you know, on the bike, um, you were never going to catch the group. It was, it's impossible, you know. Um, Whereas in this one, uh, it could be a fair race, it could not. Like, obviously, I'd want to win it. Um, But, like, I think if 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 I can do my best swim, bike and run that I think I'm capable of, very pleased with that. And if I can do close to it, then I'd be very pleased. I'd be very disappointed if I had a race like I did, you know, at ICU World Long Distance Champs, where the training had gone really well and I just raced so subpar and just felt terrible. You know, I just want to feel good basically because it hasn't been an ideal year. Like the racing hasn't gone that great. Like, well, certainly the first couple of races but I've seen so many consistently good sections and felt really good that I would just like to feel decent, like I have done in training and showed and see what that can get me. And if someone beats me and I do that, then fair enough to them, you know, they were the better person on the day, but I bet if I beat them, then, you know, great. But I'd like to just do what I think I'm capable of in training and do that on the biggest stage, you know, when, uh, well, whatever that gets me, it gets me. If someone beats me at the end of the day and I feel like I've done what my training showed me that I could do, then, you know, they were better. There was nothing I could do, was there? You know, I did the best I could do and uh, sometimes you've just got to applaud the better man.
0: You're right. It hasn't been your the best start to your year. I said that, you've said that. But someone who has a had a great start to the year is that fluffy little handbag dog of yours. Such a good start to the year that it actually got banned from park run. What's the update there, Joe?
1: Mate, he is... Killing it. He did a session the other day Um, when we did Five by Mile. he We weren't going to let him do the session because it was quite hot and we thought that he would overheat. He's like me. He's terrible in the heat. Um, But he was, and Laura was late getting to the park because she was having problems taking the pram and she was going to look after him. So I was kind of stuck there with him thinking, God, this dog is going to die if I end up doing this session in the heat uh, with him. Uh, Jacob, one of the guys that was going to do the session with me, his mom was going to look after ted and ted was absolutely livid when he saw us going to kick off because when techno starts putting the music on <laughs> on the bike they know <laughs> the dogs know the session's about to start and he was absolutely gutted like jacob's in the it with me now and yeah, how disappointed was he he just couldn't help himself. He wanted to, like... He wanted to do it, so we had to take him for the first mile and, I mean, what were we doing? Like, 5.15 for the first mile, weren't we? About, like, yeah. 5.15 for the first mile and he was with us, like, in the heat. He's absolutely fine, like, breathing through his nose. And so, but then he stopped. He saw Laura, but he's a weapon, mate. He's a weapon, like... You, you imagine he's got speed like Usain Bolt and endurance <laughs> like Mo Farah, and he's only got legs that are five inches. He's <laughs> <laughs> beat me before. He beat, he, beat, he beat Jacob, didn't he, in the yeah. park run, didn't he? Yeah, he beat me by like 30 seconds. You were in the park run. You've witnessed it firsthand. Yeah, I never thought that was going to happen to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so can I just confirm, Joe, because um, there was some speculation, and I don't want to um, be involved in, in the rumour mill, but... Did the dog get banned from park run because of unruly behavior or is it true that there might have been some EPO involved?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He he was banned because he wasn't on a lead and they don't like him being not on a lead. So, and I think they were a bit gutted that he ended up uh, beating the humans. Uh, They thought it wasn't fair. Four legs uh, against two was just uh, an unfair advantage. Technicality, basically.
0: You know, I just think like I think like a lot like a lot of people think you see that fluffy little girly handbag dog with the tiny legs and it's 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 suspect how fast it's running and the sessions it's doing and and everything <laughs> you're saying is making it harder and harder to believe so um, honestly,
1: I'm glad you should see what he's like now. <laughs> see what he's like now after three weeks in an altitude tent mate he's fucking <laughs> like he's like a live wire <laughs>
0: <laughs> what well, What does it sleep in like just a little dog bed with a like a dog altitude tent or is it a human altitude tent
1: he sleeps in an altitude tent mate
0: on his like in his bed or is he up on is he on your bed with the altitude bed
1: He's on his bed, set to 3,100 meters. He's an absolute (laughs) weapon now. Like, he's gained his hemocrit and hemoglobin are through the roof. Like, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Put it this way, when he does a 5K after Roth,
0: Where's the 5K going to be if he's banned from parkrun?
1: On the track. Yep.
0: Well, I want testers there. I don't believe it. Joe, last thing before I let you go, mate. Um, You've been a centerpiece of a theory I've had this year and I've had forever that's um new dads don't do well at long course triathlon new mums come back and do better than they they did when they didn't have a kid but new dads it's the opposite they crumble they go to shit i don't know whether it's the sleep or um or what it is do you think that, that that's happened to you and and if you do think that do you think you're coming out the other end of it now
1: um i mean i i honestly don't really know i mean my training has had been going really well so um it was a bit strange but i mean i can't really blame the sleep because to be fair like laura's been handling that like taking care of that and i've been sleeping in a separate room so like i can't really blame the sleep you know i've been sleeping like normal um but i don't know maybe it's extra stress and stuff like that and with some you i don't feel like i say that much you know really extra stress but like it might be taking a bit out of you who knows like it could be um but you would have thought that if it was your training might not have been going so well you know like you might have a lot more off days and i haven't really been having them but i don't really know to be honest it could be it could not it's just so hard to quantify isn't it as to uh, what 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 does work and what doesn't and what has an impact
0: and how how are Laura and Arabella going Laura being your partner and Arabella being your your daughter how are they going
1: uh good but it's been pretty it's been pretty tough to be honest i think it has been harder than what we both expected um like she's been like struggling with like acid reflux I, i've said that before in our podcast and like um the fiend's been a bit of has been a bit hard so it has been it has been tougher than, than what we probably expected but it seems like it's gone all right you know like it's definitely going better than what it than what it was um but yeah it's definitely been harder than what we were expecting <laughs>
0: and, and how do you find it as a world-class one of the absolute best triathletes in the world and someone who has to dedicate 30 40 hours a week to yourself plus all the other selfish things that you have to do to be one of the absolute best world-class triathletes how do you how do you manage that how have you been going with like the having a new having a new daughter with your partner doing a lot of the work and are, are you struggling to be as selfish as you have to be to be the best
1: um well like i mean the tra- uh, the training has been going like it has been before like it hasn't really had any impact on that but I mean I've always had to like look after something I guess like I mean like we had we've got two dogs I mean I know it's not quite as hard but like you still have to take them for a walk every day and like feed them and stuff you know and I was always doing that anyway and that never really had an impact I know like people say you can't compare dogs to humans but like it's still something you've got to look after you know and like when before Laura would be at work, like working as a doctor, you know, so I would be looking after the dogs all the, t- you know, during the day because she was getting to work. So it was kind of like my job and then on the days off, she would take care of them, but obviously now she's at home with the maternity. She's been doing a lot more with Arabella and, uh, it has, it doesn't really seem like it's had an impact on the training because she wants me to get the sessions in and obviously wants me to do well because you can't do it half heartedly. So it doesn't feel like I've. I've let it slip if you know what I mean like I feel like I've got all the sessions I've I've wanted in and she's been really supportive with that so you know hopefully I can do it justice really and uh, get a good result.
0: And last one for me today Joe um, and and I want to stress how excited I am for Challenge Roth but just to touch on another subject quickly you are you won the poll that I put out to who everyone who listens to this this podcast who they most want to be, uh, be who they most want to be a new co-host on the show for a new series, a new one overwhelmingly so. I think throughout the polls, you got like 11,000 votes combined, which was significantly higher than Cameron Worth in second. Are we ever going to see you uh, come on and co-host a special series here?
1: I, w- I, w- I would love to. It's just fitting in the time. That is literally the only thing. That is one of the things that I would say has taken a big impact. Like since having the baby, you know, it's not necessarily the training where you don't have the time for, like all the training hasn't suffered, you know, or anything like that. But it is the extra time, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. watching Netflix together in the evenings and stuff, you know, uh, and doing the stuff like the podcast. I would love to do it. It's literally just fitting in with the time, you know, and that, 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 like some things like that have just had to take a bit of a back seat, unfortunately. But I would love to do it. It's just fit, it's just literally fit, finding the time to fit it all in, you know, it, it just feels like there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs>
0: so I've got to find a way to convince you that you've got to spare four, 45 minutes a week somewhere. Leave that with me. I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll leave you to it. I'm really excited to watch you at Roth this weekend, mate. Um, it's great to have you on the show again and have a chat even though it's a brief one just to get a little uh, a little pre-race debrief with you and hopefully you win the race, mate, and we can we can get you back on for a post-race uh, debrief with a, with a couple of beers and go a bit longer.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That would be absolutely awesome. Uh, also, by the way, if anyone fancies it in Roth, uh, we're going to do a beer mile the day afterwards, 100%. So uh, if anyone's listening to this and they're going to be in Roth, um, stay uh, uh, stay tuned for, uh, for uh, some more details on it. Will you just post that on your Instagram? I'll post that on my Instagram, yeah, and we'll uh, get a few prizes. And uh, even if people don't want to do the beer mile, they can come and watch it for a bit of a laugh. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for that.
0: Can I request that you do the beer mile in just your budgie smugglers?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Or Lederhosen, either one. (laughs)
0: Lederhosen. Yeah, or that. They'd both be good, actually.
1: (laughs) I'll do it in Lederhosen. I'll do it in Lederhosen for you.
0: I just wanted you to show off the new dad bod, but
1: oh well. Oh, mate, like you don't want to scare the kids, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: All right, mate. Thanks heaps for coming on. Uh, Good to chat to you. I'll be watching you this weekend, mate. Good luck.
1: Cheers. Thanks, mate.
0: Form swimming goggles are by far my favorite piece of training equipment I found in 2023. Well, my super shoes are still probably equal favorite with my form goggles, but I found them way before 2023. So you know what I mean. But the point is, if you train for triathlon and you don't use form goggles, you don't know what you're missing out on. I, I certainly didn't before I started using them this year. So you've seriously just got to go and try them for yourself. The absolute best thing about them is the live pace feedback you get when you're swimming. So you know exactly how fast you're swimming and it helps so much when you're doing sessions. So you don't have to guess the pace. It's just like literally there right in front of your eyes. Christian Blumenfeld uses them as well. I know he loves them and there's a reason he uses them. There's a reason we both use them. So if you're not using form goggles and you're just using standard goggles, you just won't know what I mean when I say you're missing out. But yeah, trust me and Christian, once you do start using them, you'll never go back. So go and grab yourself um, some on the form website and use the code HTT15 for 15% off. Not only is Patrick Lang also one of the show's best friends, despite him teasing me for my once-off bike Nick Rashad two years ago, he's also a two-time Ironman world champion, former Challenge Roth champion, and came second there last year. And once again, Patrick finds himself as one of the big favorites for Roth in four days' time. Patrick, how are you feeling, mate?
2: I'm feeling good, um, as good as you can be in a in a, in a uh, race week. So looking forward um, to race in Roth because actually it's it's my favorite race, uh, um, and I can't wait to to see this uh, yeah spectacle there. It's, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be the the most epic race of the year.
0: Why do you think that is, Patrick?
2: There are many reasons for that. Um, I think. First of all, uh, we are awaiting roughly 250 to 300,000 spectators on course. And, um, you know, I, it took me quite long to, to have my first start in Roth, And, um, I always heard these great stories and everyone in Germany was like, "Yeah, it's such a great race and, uh. Doesn't get any better, and I always thought, ah, yeah, okay, it's it's a nice race, but you know, um, but I really didn't know what I'm missing out. So when I raced there for the first time in 21, uh, there was still Corona, corona uh, restrictions in place, and it still was great energy around. So there was not a lot of spectators allowed. Um, police was having like big controls and et cetera. So actually last year is the first time where I really experienced the whole Roth, um, experience. And it was just, it's, it's just mind blowing because, uh, we're swimming in this canal and there are literally like, uh, five rows of people along the whole swim course, for example, it's, it's, it's amazing for, for the whole time. It's like, um, it's just. It's mind blowing, and then you go up Solar Hill, and people scream at you like crazy. It's it's like when you go for the first uh, in the first lap, you turn um, at the bot and the bottom of the hill, you turn ninety degrees right, and you see this wall of people. It's like literally Tour de France feeling, and you see the air is like you you see like a little like a little fog like above these people, like in the air. It's like, it's crazy. And you go up there and they're just screaming at you and your ears are literally ringing for the next 20 minutes or so. And um, yeah, and then on the run course, uh, it's it's actually the same. So it's just a big, big party. It's uh, the greatest Brooklyn party in the world, I guess. And uh, that's simply what I'm looking forward for.
0: Patrick, you've had a little bit of a quiet start to the year, I'd say, in terms of your racing. Um, you, you've only done two races, as far as I'm aware, because you had to pull out of the PTO mm. European Open because um, you were sick. How's your training been going? How are you feeling going into Roth? Um, wh- what's your block looked like? Are you confident?
2: Uh, actually, I'm, I'm, uh, I am I checked all the boxes um, together with Bjorn. We uh, had a really good lead up. And uh, I just felt great uh, over the winter. We had a late start into the season because I had this really late race uh, at the end of November in Israel uh, last year. Um, so slow build up. And um, actually from a, from the pure data uh, um, side of things, I had a great race in, at Challenge Gran Canaria where um, actually we also had really a stacked field, I would say for little rice like that. Um, we had to make some tweaks here and there. So there was a, yeah, misadjustment, uh, on the bike where I lost quite a lot of, um, time that we found out, uh, stuff like that. Like it's even after, I don't know, 20 years of triathlon, there are still like little mistakes happening. And so we were really happy with the uh, with the data that we gained from the race, obviously not with the uh position, but uh hey, that's sometimes how it is. And then I felt ready for Ibiza, um, got sick before it and uh had actually yeah almost two weeks of no training. Um but um, yeah, made it back, uh, had like five days of training or so to prepare for for 70.3 kreishka uh, where had um compared to uh Grand going had a, a poor bike performance um yeah, didn't found the bike legs at all um, but the run was really good <laughs> so uh, was able to make up um a lot of, of time in the in the run um and after after that, I had a I had a good block. I was uh, consistently training at my best um, compared to the to the previous years. So I'm really happy where I'm at. And uh, yeah, now it's it's race week. It's always hard to say uh, where you are like uh, at hundred um, percent. But I'm I'm feeling confident, and uh, I I know that I did all the necessary training. Compared to last year, especially after the the shoulder injury, I feel much better prepared. Um, so, I'm ready.
0: And where does this race sit for you in terms of priorities for this year? Is it is it as important as the World Championships? Is it more important? Is it is it not nowhere near as important?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question, um, and I thought about this for quite some time. Um, but I think for me personally, this is the most important race of the year. Wow. Um, uh, I think, um, we talked about the Denise the race multiple times and, uh, we also had some private chats, uh, about it. And I think it's different. It feels different than Kona, especially if you won a, a Kona twice, uh, it will never come close to it. We all know the reasons, et cetera. But for me, as a German in this uh, a German race, live broadcast on TV, um, et cetera, if, if I would have to make a choice, it, uh, it would be uh, it would be Ross.
0: That's really interesting because funnily enough, if you look back to Kona last year, I think you weren't talked about very much as one of the favorites to win However, fast forward to this year and a lot of people are talking about the course at Nice suiting you and I'm hearing a lot of people say that, that you're one of the big favourites to win that race because of the course suiting you with the, the long climbs that, that suit you because you've got a really good power to weight ratio and, um, and I think you'll excel on that, on that run after that hard bike. Do you take that into account and, and look at the course and go, that I, I agree with what everyone's saying, that course does suit me and maybe I should care more about it? Or is it just the prestige isn't quite there so you can't get yourself to that position even if the course does suit you?
2: I mean, I'm not not caring about it. Obviously, I, I care a lot about it. We, we prepare for it in, in the best way possible because uh, we, we also um, started uh, developing uh, a special bike setups uh, in the wind tunnel, etc. We are Uh, really having a a scientific uh, uh, approach to to especially the bike part and um, of course we uh, as a team uh, together with Kenyon and all the uh, team around me, we deeply care about the race in Nice and uh, we definitely see the chances. I see the chances myself. I think uh, it's going to be a a great race Um, but I just saying if I have to choose for uh between those uh two those two races, it would, would be Roth just by the feeling of my heart. And uh, I still think that I will be uh really good prepared for for Nice and um go in there and take my chances, give it my all and uh we see what uh, what will happen in the end.
0: I'm sure with Roth this weekend having one of the deepest fields I think it's ever had in the history of the race, with uh, Magnus and Sam Laidlow and Joe Skipper and yourself and Daniel Backergaard and Clement Mingyong. Um, Is Clement racing really? I don't. I don't I think. I think he. I think he might race in Nice. He, yeah. Okay. So he's pulled out of of Roth.
2: I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I. I saw him on the list in Nice, and I, I don't know.
0: Interesting. So, hmm. does does the depth of that field add to the allure of winning it for you? Like, does that make it more special? Or is it just that it's yeah, in Germany absolutely. and the crowd and, and the prestige of the race?
2: No, absolutely. Um, definitely. The the deeper the field, um, the, the sweeter the victory. Definitely. Um, you you also forgot about uh, Ben Canute, for example, uh, who's uh, definitely top guy, I think. And I had my best races um, when I was racing in championship races, so all my Ironman victories uh, had happened in championship races. So, for me personally, the deeper the field, the better I performed. So I really need that competition. And uh, also in my last race in Israel, like Daniel Bekegard made me uh, like sweat blood and tears until the very last uh, few meters of of this run course, and I had to pull myself inside out. To, to take away this victory so um yeah it makes it special and um as I said in in, in an interview before like Magnus didle is kind of my like kryptonite I I uh, actually really didn't were able to beat him uh, in any race and uh, obviously that's the uh, the motivation to uh to, to finally beat beat him and uh I think it's yeah, it's, it, it's a sex field that makes it even more special to, to take away the wind gear.
0: So how do you see the dynamics of this race playing out? How do you think that the race might have to go for you to win it or how do you have to force the race to, to play out for you to win it? Um, again, like talking about Magnus Ditlev being your kryptonite is really interesting and I'd love to hear mm-hmm. more about that as, as well as people like Sam Laidlow and Joe Skipper and Daniel and Ben like you talked about.
2: So, first of all, I think we did a, a big effort um, in winter. Uh, I don't know if you uh, wanted to talk about that, but I think also when we talk about race dynamics, we have to talk about uh, rule enforcement, if you if you can say it this way, so that the organizers of Challenge Raw, um, some pro athletes, uh, and the, the German Triathlon Federation, in specific the Bavarian Triathlon Federation, had put into place in in this year's event um because we really had a uh some yeah bad experiences last year in road where especially from my point of view the race uh, the front of the race was uh, just benefiting from uh, this big pack of motorcycle uh riders uh, um um especially like if Jan turns up there are uh, there's a lot of media attention around it, which is great. But at some point, we have to think about how many motorcycles we have into the race and how they affect the race and what what's the benefit for it. And I'm actually really proud that we took the chance uh, to talk to Felix um, about what can we change uh, to have a more fair, fair race and to, to uh, progress with the race uh, in the right directions. And um, we got... Um, a lot of critics, uh, especially from the media, when we first um, showed the result and the final uh, consequences that that uh, Felix took uh, by reducing the, the motorcycles, like drastically, yeah, there were a lot of like negative voices in the media, and unfortunately, after this incident in in Hamburg, I think there is no one um, now like uh, talking bad about it. I think it's it's the only way to have fair race and have a safe race on the other hand and so um i'm really really happy and proud that uh, we were pushing for that and striving forward and uh, to progress uh this 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 race so um, i'm really excited to see how these changes also uh, will affect the race dynamic last year i uh, was on the on on my own for like the whole race on the bike, um, the field was not at uh, uh, not al- at uh, at all as deep uh, as it will be this year. So after uh, Magnus uh, attacked me with like his 800 watts for 20 minutes or something after the swim, um, yeah, I was kind of alone um, for the whole time. And in Tronk they just put in those those minutes after minutes into me. And I was riding at my personal best average watts of all time, and I was just thinking, how oh, is that possible? And um, yeah, I think it's it's gonna be a little bit different this year. Uh, I think uh, we'll have a cracking fast swim. We have we have Ben, we have Daniel, we have uh, Sam in, in the race. We also have uh, Robert Wilczkowski uh, from uh, Poland who uh, finished uh, second in Ironman, Texas, with a, um, a great swim, also. And he was in Kona and had a really fast swim. So we have a, a front pack of, of uh, really, really fast swimmers and can affect this race uh, from the beginning. And um, my major goal is to to stick with them and just hang with the front pack um, and, and get out of the water um for me personally uh in the water i think i i have to speed to keep up with them also the races uh, that i did this year were uh are really good uh, in terms of pace um i'm a little bit afraid about the water temperature because right now it's like just around 22 degrees um, we didn't have the warmest of summers uh, so far so uh, the water might be a little bit chilly and that's uh, kind of a weak spot for me uh, to be honest um, so when it's just above uh, this wetsuit legal uh, temperature um, I I tend to struggle a little bit so uh, um, I might need to get my head around these things and um, how to handle this situation to get to stay warm um, in, in the race. And then I think uh, it's about, um as always like uh, uh, pushing in the watts and staying um in contact for as long as possible i think magnus uh he will catch up really quick um we know he's the fastest bike rider the strongest bike rider on the course and at some point he will go for it i think it will happen between 40 and latest 60 kilometers into the race there are some um, uh, rolling hills uh, in Roth on the course, so uh, he will be attacking there, and um, then it's just a matter of uh, how many time uh, how much time he can uh, uh, put into us. As, like for me, it is it won't be uh, as smart to to try and hang with them for for the next uh, whatever hundred ten kilometers because it's just simply. Um, uh, it's it's not realistic. Uh, like to be fair, like I would uh, compromise my my run way too much. So um, I'm hoping hoping for like a small group of of two three guys where we can can put on a good chase um, and like working working as hard as possible uh, together to to keep the time uh, difference to to Magnus really low. And then going on to the run course, uh, it's gonna be a really interesting. Seems not to be a really really hot race, so we're expecting 25 degrees and sunny, uh, which is yeah close to perfect uh, temperatures, I guess. And um, we have to add that this race in Roth will be probably the last race ever where you will be allowed to have like prototype shoes with five centimeters stack height and etc so it goes down to the german federation because they didn't adapt the shoe regulate uh, regulations um, from the itu in their um, uh, system somehow i don't know so um it's uh everything is allowed and um i'm actually um, expecting a really fast run um, not just because of the shoes, but also we, we see, we still see run times dropping from race to race. Uh, and also like you look to Ironman, I think it was Karen's, uh, last weekend where Braden won with a spectacular run, I think. So, um, the run level is, uh, increasing and I think, uh, that's the way that the sport develops at the moment. So yeah, if you want to win the race, I think you have to be in the range of yeah uh, let's say 232 to 234 um a minute range it's going to be hard to to crack the 230 time from Israel because the run course is mostly on gravel which makes it a, um, interesting in a, uh, a running technique um, a standpoint there's a hill at kilometer i don't know like 230 uh, 32 33 something um so yeah, and as always, like I, I think I have like two, or three race scenarios uh, in my head, and um, yeah, let's see uh, how it plays out. And, uh, and I'm prepared for for having a good go and um, a fast run in the end.
0: In a hypothetical world, Patrick, if Magnus live and Sam Laidlow, um, and and you can you can name the others as well, Daniel and and Ben. And Joe, if it, but, but maybe particularly with Magnus and Sam, if they come, I actually think Rob, like you brought up, he might be the, the dark horse of the entire race, but, mm-hmm. but the big names, Magnus and Sam, if they were to come off the bike, how much time do they need on you to win the race, do you think?
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. Like, um, on, um, uh, we saw Sam performing really, really well in Kona. And if you have a day like that, I think, um, I would be able to run like four minutes into him, four to four to six minutes. Uh, I think um, with Magnus, um, it's also hard to tell. He's he, he kind of developed um, in the run, and um, I th- I would say around six minutes is is possible.
0: The last thing I was going to touch on, you you already touched on it, is the the sub two thirty run um, because Challenge Roth. It is a weird course where it's still super fast. For if you looked at it on paper, you would think it's not fast, but everyone runs fast times there, and there historically have have been um, world best runs set there. Um, do you think? Do you really think you're no chance to run two twenty nine, two twenty eight there? Or are, Like are you just being a bit coy and low key and taking the pressure off? Because I sort of look at it as as a real chance
2: it is a real chance i think as i said like the gravel the gravel surface have ups and downs so it's it's not at ho- as hard on the muscles um as like a, a complete tarmac um arrays so uh i think the gravel gives a little bit of natural cushioning for for your muscles and it's just uh it's a little bit just softer um on your body um, which makes it faster but again like you you're with every step you're slipping a little bit and it really comes down also how they prepare the the, the the dam that we are running on because last year for example they had like two weeks prior they completely resurfaced um the dam so they had new gravel it was really loose and really like um a slippery kind of so um i i wouldn't say no also because uh, the fact that we are using the uh, the fast shoes um uh, actually i will run a a new editors model which will be uh, first re- released in i think in october or november uh so it's it's a really gonna be a world premiere for this shoe and we we did some tweaks here and there to have it race specific for for this race in roth so um I wouldn't say no, so it's uh, it's definitely uh, possible, but it also will need uh, this like heartbreaking fight for it. You know that that was the major fact that I uh, uh, um, that made me able to run such a good time in Israel because Daniel he really made me fought all the way, and it was just um, yeah, it was just the fight kind of my lifetime, uh, until, uh, today that, um, that made it possible. So there are a lot of factors playing into that. Um, but again, like from, from a paper perspective, if you, if you would say like two thirty knees is more, uh, realistic than in Ross, but sometimes, uh, it's also, uh, beneficial for the muscles to have a little bit of um, elevation up and down because you use different muscles in, in your race uh I, 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 in your body so um a little bit up and down actually is uh, so for, from for my point of view it's uh quite beneficial so we will see I'm hoping for it I I, I mean I I hope I will be the one who's able to run the uh to top uh, 30 to 30 and yeah I will try I promise Keep- it would be uh
0: and not to preempt anything or or load the pressure on but it would be pretty amazing if you were the person to break eight hours for the first time at Kona and then to break 2.30 first for the marathon. Like that would, you know, there's a lot of talk about how good other people are, Jan and, and Alistair Brownlee and, and guys like that, but that would be pretty special, mate. So I don't know, if, you, if you're if close, that's uh, that's that's your name in the history books there. No one can take that away from you. So yeah, I'm sure you'll be super motivated.
2: Yeah, thanks, mate. You have a good um, contact to Bjorn, so you might message him and say he you need to shout at me uh, like <laughs> a kilometer before I finish or something. Yeah, right. like I, w- I gave it my all and yeah.
0: I can't wait. You've probably got the, the best record of anyone at this race. You, you've raced it twice. You won it once and came second the other year. And there was definitely motorbikes involved in that year. You didn't win it uh, taking people up the road. So hopefully we see a fair race uh, in four days' time, Patrick. And, you know, your your form says that, that you'll be right thereabouts when uh, – when things are cracking in the last hour of this race so i can't wait to wait to watch you do it good luck uh yeah we'll, we'll be right behind you mate
2: thanks mate Send uh send a lot of energy um uh, also to to every else everyone else racing in the in the field and uh, yeah thanks for the great job that you're doing for the sport again and um yeah hoping hoping to see you out out there in europe sometime soon
0: i'll be there in i'll be there in august and september i'll see you at nice we're going to do a live podcast um for the Ironman World Championship. so we're going to do it like Monday through to Friday night we'll do a 1 hour podcast every night live so nice. if you if you're keen mate I'll lock you in as one of the guests right now
2: oh yeah I'm in mean it like sign me up and I'm, I'm I'm I will be there definitely would be a pleasure to meet you uh, and uh, yeah done that's we'll, great
0: and and we'll go for a bike ride during the week and you can show me the good coffee
2: yeah, you can. You, in August, we're in St Moritz. So if you want to have like some scenic uh, mountain training session, you're always welcome to join me in St Moritz for for a couple of sessions, and um, that that's gonna be epic.
0: Will do. I actually I actually will be Especially
2: invitation.
0: <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I actually will be spending a week in Switzerland. So I'll take you up on that. Uh, oh,
2: you see. Yeah,
0: can't wait Great. to get dropped by you up a big mountain. Oh, (laughs) great. Let's do it. Sounds good. Lock it in. All right, Patrick. I'll leave you to it, mate. All right. Get some good sleep. Thanks, mate. Eat up, hydrate. Good luck. (laughs) See you, mate. Thanks. I've been using precision fjorn hydration basically all year now. I was just so sick of not having my nutrition nailed. I'd get this sporadic upset stomach like all the time. There were long rides where I'd finish and my gut would just be no good. Long rides that were the same, if not even worse, to be honest. And my whole time racing one of my main worries leading up to the race and in the morning of of the race was just like, how's my gut going to be today? And that's why I made the decision to finally nail it in 2023. And so I tried basically every brand I could find. And after testing everything for a few months, Precision was by far the best brand I tried, like by far. I never have an upset stomach. I find their products subtle and easy to get down um so yeah I reached out to them and said hey like I love your product I've been using it for a few months now it's the only it's the only brand I want to use will you support the podcast and like luckily they said yes because if not um yeah I, I don't know I'd be really, like I'm just so happy that I get to bring bring like the news to everyone and and provide a discount code so that you can try it for yourself so I'm I'm really stoked about that my favorite products from from them are the PF90 gel or the PF60 drink mix which I've been experimenting with lately and really love um both of those I use on the bike and then the PF30 gel for long runs or run sessions and the PH1500 electrolyte tablet, I just use all the time. I use it in the mornings or the night before, long training days, same like with, with the night before and, and the morning of like um, really hot training days where I've got a bit of training on and I always have it on, on like the swim deck for my swim sessions. Uh, if you care about your training and, and you want to dial in your nutrition t- too, just trust me, go and try Precision Fuel and Hydration and you'll be like me and you, you just won't go back. You won't use anything else. Use the code HTT23 for 15% off your order at checkout.